I want to ask you a personal question. Do you read my newsletter? Because if you don't, I think you'll like it. Every Friday afternoon, I send a short newsletter designed to help you live a healthier and more thriving life in 10 minutes or less. These newsletters include practical tips for your mind, body, and recovery, something you can apply right away. And I provide links to tools and current research that I found insightful and useful for my own life. I've made this really easy for you. If you want to try out my newsletter, just click the link in the show notes, fill out the quick form, and soon you'll have a time-efficient and practical resource delivered right to your email. Join our growing community and let's make our lives healthier one small step at a time. Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Feeling awkward is a familiar feeling for all of us, but it doesn't have to hold you back. Today, we have Hannah Pryor, an award-winning keynote speaker and workplace performance expert on the show. She reveals how to turn awkwardness into a strategic advantage for taking smart career risks and standing out. Hannah is known for her science-backed methods to advance high achievers to their next level of success. She's here to share how strengthening your social muscles and giving yourself an awkward advantage can lead to innovation and career growth. If you've been playing it safe out of fear of embarrassment, this conversation will empower you to embrace awkwardness for bolder moves. So let's get right to it. Let's lean in and learn from the best. Hannah, I think we've all had a period of time, probably in our teenage years when we were awkward. And awkward teenage years are rough, right? Like you look back, the pictures of the braces, you're walking weird and all that stuff. And then I see this TED Talk where you're talking about how awkwardness can be a secret weapon. Please explain, because I don't think anybody likes to be awkward. Yeah, I can only you know, feel in my body, anything that is related to my teen years as awkward, right? I don't, I don't even think (laughs) there was probably other positive emotions that I felt during those years, but really the overarching one in my preteen, teen, and probably well into high school were awkward emotions. And so first I want to validate, yes, it is an uncomfortable emotion. It's a social emotion that brings feeling of discomfort. And so what I got excited to start exploring for the TEDx and what became the eventual book is We've heard this word described to just, you know, just kind of social fitting in, social belonging, friendship, that tribe mentality. What I realized wasn't as explored was how this emotion shows up at work, right? And what does it actually prevent us from doing? What is it stopping us from achieving? And, you know, what I came to realize both in the research and honestly in my own experience is these days more and more, our social muscles are atrophying the same way our physical muscles do. When they're not used regularly, that when they're not exercised, they weaken, they atrophy. And the same thing with the hybrid world we now live in, with the fact that we all got thrown into a pandemic where we frankly forgot how to people for a couple of years, right? Our social muscles took a hit and everything started to feel awkward. Our interactions, the way we talk to people, do we fist bump, do we hug? And what it became, you know, what became very clear both in the research and in the experience was strengthening that muscle again, our ability to embrace awkwardness and stay in it a little bit longer is directly tied to our ability to take more risks at work, innovate, and find that courage and confidence that we all are hoping to find. So being awkward is okay, because it's kind of putting yourself out there a little bit. You know, we're reconnecting with people. If you know what the turkey is, 
just the animal? No, <laughs> like, so else? like if I go for a high five and you go for Uh-oh. a fist bump, it creates a turkey, right? Okay, yeah. Like you were talking about before, like putting yourself out there, there's going to be some awkward moments, but that's okay because that means you're actually doing something. Yes, yes. So let me let me give a quick definition for the context of our conversation. Awkwardness at work. Awkward is what we feel when the person that we believe ourselves to be, right? This is Eric. This is me, is suddenly at odds with the person that they see on display. All of a sudden now you're Eric who said that thing that landed with a thud, right? Or, you know, tripped over your own two feet or went in for the fist bump whenever somebody else had their hand up. All of a sudden for a moment, split second, couple minutes, there's the Eric that you are and then there's the Eric that people see. And in that gap, we experience awkwardness. But ultimately, if we are professionals who are trying to grow, who are trying to advance our careers, who are trying to do new things, Every time we try something new, every time we hit an inflection point, anytime we need to have a conversation where something matters, we are inviting awkwardness into our lives. So it is a good thing. It's something we need to learn to not only tolerate, but actually look forward to and enjoy because it means we're doing things in the service of our own growth. Something you've mentioned before is not playing to lose in this approval mindset. And so If I'm seeking other people's approval and then I kind of, I'm not saying push back, but like you're doing something that goes against the grain, that's a feeling of awkwardness. Um, How do we overcome that? Yeah, I mean, the, the truth is, and I'm sure this has been discussed many times on your show before, we are tribal creatures. Humans are wired for social belonging. And from a very young age, we start to look for what's acceptable in other people, right? So when we're five years old, six years old, if you have children, nieces, nephews, These kids are, you know, my own kids were dancing with reckless abandon in the kitchen, shaking their hips wildly, saying all kinds of crazy stuff. They didn't feel awkward. They didn't care. They were just being themselves, right? But about eight or nine, we start to notice, hey, other people are watching and they're making decisions about whether or not we're part of the group based on what we're doing. And so that conditioning starts young. It comes with us all the way through adulthood. But the reality is as we move into our professional careers, and especially for those of us who are ambitious, the more we stay part of the herd, it's the sheep formula, right? When you look and sound like everyone else, you are essentially kind of lumped in with everyone else. And people who make those big jumps in their career, they have to be willing to stand out. And so we have to fight that deep need for approval above all else if we want to advance. And that's going to require tolerating you know, that ability to bump out a little bit, which is that feeling of awkwardness. So what are some skills or, or exercises that you recommend for people to begin to develop the capacity for awkwardness? Yeah, so it's, it's really two-pronged. The first step is we can't go to toolkit unless we have the awareness first, right? How do we build awareness about our relationship with awkwardness? So for some of us, we are very conditioned for approval. I'll just give an example. In my own family, you know, it would be, you know, Hannah, don't do that. People are watching, right? Or don't say that. People are going to think X, Y, Z, right? So it's examining our own relationships with our upbringing, our conditioning, the media we consume. It's also examining our own sensitivity to awkwardness and embarrassment. So part of the book I talk about, there's a, a phenomenon known as vicarious embarrassment, which is there are some people for whom someone else experiencing an awkward moment, somebody else tripping in front of the entire company will make them have a full body, oh my God, right? They feel their social pain almost as acutely as if it was their own. Are you like that at all? I'm curious, Eric. Does that- I, 
I connect on an emotional level with people. I was a picked on kid a lot, both verbal and physical. And so I would often, I was very sensitive to the needs of others. But as I got older, I still try to hang on to that because it allows you to be compassionate. But I try not to be so empathetic that I take on their emotions. That's, I think that's not good. Yes. So the research backs up exactly what you're saying, right? So vicarious embarrassment, whether you realized it or not, the the vicarious embarrassment exists on a spectrum. So what you're describing is, you know, you want to, I'm not, I'm not telling everybody to engineer the empathy out of them. Empathy can be a very good thing, but sometimes those who are empathetic can almost become so empathetic that they take it too far. So again, let's say I get up, I flub my presentation phenomenally. It's terrible. Now, I know that that's happening and you may feel embarrassed with me, right? You're Mm. being empathetic. You're embarrassed with me. Now, let's say I had toilet paper on my shoe and I didn't know it. And here you are sitting in your seat mortified. That's you being embarrassed for me, right? I'm not feeling embarrassed. You're taking that on for me. And so it's really useful as just a starting point. Again, that's one example of awareness building tools. What is your thought around other people's awkwardness, embarrassment, how often do you take that on? And that can usually be a really good indicator of how likely you are to freeze or take in action yourself. So step one is just creating some awareness. And then step two is there's tools that you can call on. There are some strategies you can practice. You know, I assert that building awkward tolerance, or I call it giving yourself the awkward advantage, has less to do with natural wiring and more to do with conditioning, putting in the reps. You know, I know our our shared friend, Andy Reese, you know, uses the terminology of deliberate discomfort. Mm. You have to be willing to seek out those awkward moments, those socially awkward moments, and put them into your repertoire to build that muscle before you need it. And so in meetings with companies, that could be bad idea brainstorms, that could be cracked egg stories, that could be creating opportunities to share missteps, that can be raising your hand in smaller stakes moments before you're ready. You know, I have a ton of tools that I share in the book, but We need to build that in the same way we build in physical workouts. You know, are we creating mental workouts to keep these social muscles strong? This is awesome. If you're interested in learning more about this, you should get Hannah's book, Good Awkward. I love that title. That's just such a great title. Thanks. The link will be in the show notes for that book. You should definitely check it out. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Henna, make sure to pre-order her book, Good Awkward. And if you would be so kind, please leave us a comment and review on whichever listening platform you are joining us from. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.